Ryan, I've been reading books and novels over the years, and it got me thinking, did God directly influence the Revolutionary War? Were there miracles that helped shape the outcome of our American Revolution? The Elephant in the Pew Welcome again to The Elephant in the Pew, a daily video and podcast that looks at the world through Christian viewpoints, engaging in the topics everyone wants to discuss, but nobody wants to talk about. I'm Stephen Witten. Not only can you get our audio podcast daily from our website at elephantpew.com and all other podcast outlets, but now we are on YouTube. That's right, YouTube. So punch that subscribe button and get madness from Ryan and I every single weekday. Today, I'm going to tell you a story. That story is the beginning of the end of the siege at Boston by the British troops in spring of 1776. It's the story of the fortification at Dorchester Heights. The fortification at Dorchester Heights occurred on the night of March 4th, 1776, and into the morning of March 5th, which happened to be the fifth anniversary of the Boston Massacre. The groundwork, however, actually began in November of 1775, when Colonel Henry Knox requested a mission to bring the recently captured cannons from Camp Ticonderoga to Boston to assist and aid in the siege of Boston. General George Washington did, in fact, allow Colonel Knox and his brother William to go to Camp Ticonderoga and establish command and bring those cannons back east to Boston. Now, George Washington would not hear from Knox until January 18th. After two months, Knox had fulfilled all expectation and delivered 58 French mortars and cannons. Most were indeed 12 to 18 pounds. There was one 24-pounder made of brass. After much planning and pleading on Washington's part to the War Council, it was decided that an attack on Boston was unwise at that time. But they did have a plan to occupy and fortify the peninsula of Dorchester Heights. David McCullough describes it as such. Twin Hills comprise the heights of Dorchester Peninsula, and the distance from these summits to the nearest British lines at Boston Neck was a mile and a half, well within range of a 12 or 18 pound cannon. The distance to where most of the British fleet lay off the Long Wharf was greater, almost two miles, which has, was almost within range, though it was barely. <clears throat> the plan was to occupy the heights on a single night before the British knew what was happening, just as had been done at Bunker Hill. The night of March 4th, George Washington began his third night of cannon fire. The cannon fire against the British in Boston would serve as noise cover and as a distraction for his army to stealthily begin the one-night fortification of Dorchester Heights. As with the previous two nights, the British responded to cannon fire with their own, and it was thunderous between the two, though not much damage was sustained on either side due to this back and forth. The rebels, as the British called them, had wrapped the wagon wheels with straw to help lessen the sound they would make and began to move the cannons from Roxbury. The weather that particular winter had been tremendously harsh with no January thaw. However, on this particular night, the weather was mild, unusual for the time of season. It was a perfect and ideal for the work that was to be completed, as if the hand of the Almighty were directing things. According to Reverend William Gordon, he felt certain it was. A finer night for working could not have been taken out of the whole 365, he wrote. It was hazy below the heights so that our people could not have been seen, though it was bright moonlight night above on the hills. By daybreak, the heights were fortified and 20 cannons had been placed. When the British had began their survey of the Dorchester Heights 
and saw that not only were the rebels on the heights, but they were fortified. The soldiers were astonished. And even British General Howe was, was said to have exclaimed, My God, these fellows have done more work in one night than I could make my army do in three months. In response to this, General Howe, out of pride or honor of not being outdone by this ragtag rebels, planned an attack. He called for 2,000 troops to proceed by ship down the harbor to Castle Island, and the attack would be launched at nightfall. It was about noon when the first British troops' transports pushed off for Castle Island and proceeded down the harbor with increasing difficulty against strong winds. It was in the afternoon that the warm weather began to shift and change, and the winds went from north to south-southeast, and shortly after, the elements took over. As if the hand of God was directing the storm, by dusk the storm began to throw hail, snow, and sleet, and the wind began to pick up speeds to almost hurricane levels. The storm raged throughout the night and into the day, and American General Heath concluded that kind heaven had stepped in to intervene. It was felt on both sides that God had made the decision for Howe, as he canceled the attack and gave the orders to evacuate Boston. There are many stories like this one that occurred during the Revolutionary War. Ryan has told you of the fog that descended on Long Island as General Washington and his troops evacuated the island to safety. It surely seems as though the Lord had his hand in the forming of this wonderful country of ours. The rabble arms, the ragtag army, the people's army was able to defeat the superpower of the day. How could local farmers led by some inspirational leaders defeat the power and might of the empirical British army? You can give many reasons, but I choose to side with God. As the saying goes, if God is for us, who can be against us? What do you think? Did God intervene in the American Revolution? Let's discuss. If you have a topic or question that you would like us to address, please comment below or email us at hello at elephantpew.com. Don't forget to like this video and be sure to subscribe to the Elephant in the Pew channel for daily videos. If you missed Ryan's video yesterday, please be sure to check it out right here. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Elephant in the Pew as we talked about Dorchester Heights. I'm Stephen Witten. God bless.